Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we need to talk about the housing market 2022. 2022 is over and we now have the official statistics for the housing market. Did the housing market crash? Were all the crash callers correct? Well, folks, we've got the numbers. We can look at them together and see what happened in 2022. Next, we will talk about something that I had warned you was coming and we will talk about it. This is households with income greater than $100,000. And yes, folks, I am trying to improve the channel. I've got a lavalier mic here. Let me know if you can hear me. Uh, I would love to see if this is working, working better. I really have no idea where to place this, but hey, we are giving it a shot just for you. Next, we will talk about inflation and what Mohammed Elarian has said, how it relates to what we have been talking about on this channel, and where do we go from here? I hear you okay. Awesome. Next, we will talk about the housing numbers from December. As you recall, one of the things that I was discussing was December will be the bottom of the housing crash in transactions. What happened? What did we see? We will go into those numbers. And finally, we will talk about a surprising side effect of all of these tech layoffs. And then yes, finally folks, if you don't know, it is New Year's Day for those that celebrate Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year. If you can, reach out to your friends in the community and say, Xin Li Kuai La. I butchered it, but I tried. So again, Happy New Year's uh, to all of you. And Olivia, of course, Happy New Year's to you. So let's get into it. What happened in the housing market in 2022? Well, uh, we've got the official numbers now. Are you ready for it? Everybody's talking about a housing price crash. How many channels talked about housing crashing in 2022? This is the number for 2022, the median home price for all of 2022. Now, if you don't know what that means, it means they lined up all 5 million and 30, let's just call it 5 million, all 5 million home sales last year from lowest to highest, just lined them up. And median means they found the middle. What house was the middle? So median home price, 2022 will go in the books as $386,300. Folks, that is a 10.2% year-on-year increase. As I called all year and got hate for, there will be no negative numbers, no crash in 2022. We can now all officially put that behind us. We can realize who was right, and who was wrong, and we can get on to 2023. Home sales, total number of transactions, 5.03 million. That is down uh, 17.8%. Yes, I would argue that is a crash in transactions. 
as has been brought to you all year. Prices up 10%, transactions down 18%. I ask you, who was right? Next, we will talk about 5 million sales. That was the lowest number of actual transactions since 2014. Think about that, 2014. And I think right here, right now, that we will do less transactions in 2023. We did 5 million. We will do something in the low fours in 2023. All right, now let's talk about how we ended the year. What does active inventory look like? Because again, you can't have a home sale without the supply. So how did we end the year? Well, folks, not good. Available units for sale ended December at 970,000 units. That is down. This is shocking to me. But we called it on this channel. Inventory from November to December, one month, down 13.4%. We will talk more about all the December data in a minute. But again, housing 2022, up uh, up 10.2 percent transactions down 17.8 percent it is what it is no one can argue those data reported by national association of realtors and again just for clarity that is existing home sales new home sales were not included just existing next let's talk about households and more specifically households making greater than one hundred thousand dollars it probably wouldn't shock you, but let's go here first, just in case. Folks that make less than 100 grand are being grinded and punished by inflation more than most, right? If they had discretionary dollars, it is being eaten up in energy, in heating, in insurance, in food, in everything else, right? So it probably makes logical sense that if you were going to see meaningful retreatment, retracement, pullback, it would have to be the houses that still have disposable income. Well, folks, the disposable in the, the households making more than 100K, I would argue have at least some, or I should say should have disposable income. They have already pulled back an estimated 10%. They have pulled back spending in uh, recreation, alcohol, eating out in clothes, but they are still spending in hotels, gas, and airfares. This goes back to my call of a rolling recession. Like we're still doing experiences. We saw United Airlines, we saw American Airlines still doing really good, but we saw pain elsewhere. So again, I think I just think the rolling recession makes a lot of sense. And I don't know that we'll have negative GDP. Certainly, I don't know if we'll have it two quarters in a row. We'll find out this year together. In fact, when you look at the totality of households, the U.S. adults' average monthly expenses have gone up to 21.3%. That's, that's not rent. That's not this. This is the discretionary side, 21.3, up from 19.2. I would argue that a lot of that is because of inflation, real versus nominal. So again, what could cause a recession? We've talked about this three or four months ago. It is the well-to-do, I would argue houses, households over 100K are well-to-do, pulling back. 
they alone can cause a recession. If the, if the households over 100K retreat all at once and all they do is needs and no wants or less wants, we could be in for a recession. So let's talk about sticky inflation. Thankfully, I have receipts and we, you can go back on this channel and many of you long-term followers, you can back me up. I've been talking about inflation in three components. There's the easy stuff, which for the most part has rolled off. We might have one more month. Although with gas prices, I'm getting a little nervous, but let's just call that the easy bucket. The easy bucket is almost over. And once it's over, it's gone. Then we have the hard. That is housing. That is rent. That is rent, owner's equivalent rent, whatever you want to call it. That does not get better until July or August. The only thing that fixes that is time. And then there's the really, really hard. There's the deglobalization. There is wage inflation. There is all of this stuff that I believe is percolating underneath the system. And Mohammed El Arian, somebody that I respect, uh, is actually trying to get people to realize that inflation has sticky components. Specifically, he says, uh, I see inflation getting sticky at 4%. I agree and has said as much. The easy stuff rolls off, the hard stuff rolls off, and we are left with the really, really hard at 4%. Services and wages not really impacted by the Fed. That is a quote from Mohammed Elarian in something you and I have talked about for six months or so. Also, something that I have brought you on this channel that Mohammed is talking about, core inflation is harder for the Fed to move. What have we been talking about on this channel? All right, let's get into the housing data, the December housing data. This up here, that was 2022, the whole year. What happened in December? Well, first off, the December housing data that came out on Friday, I had called for 3.87 million sales. I, have, I called December to be the low watermark. I was wrong, wrong, wrong. Lots of you like to hear when I'm wrong, I was wrong. The actual sale count was 4.02 million. It was still, and I was, I'm still standing by the fact that I believe that number will be the low of the year. I do not believe January, February, March, any sales in 2023 will be under 4.02. I had hoped my call of sub 4 million would have happened last Friday. It did not. I was wrong. I was wrong by 20,000 homes. Let's just get it clear. 20,000 homes, less than a half a percent. But again, I, I missed it. If I had my green shirt that says swing and a miss, I would be wearing it right now. I don't know where it is, but I missed it. I was wrong by half a percent. Eh, so be it. We will keep going forward. What else happened in December? There's a couple of things in here that are very subtle and very important. First, in November, we celebrated that months of inventory had risen to 3.3, right? Remember months of inventory earlier in the year were like 1.2, 1.4. It jumped in November to 3.3. Why did it do that? Well, we had a wave of wish pricing. All of that stuff 
fake, made the inventory look bigger. Guess what happened in December? You can't make this stuff up. In December, we went from 3.3 months of inventory to 2.9. We went down. That is in the face of higher days on market. How can that be? We are simply not getting new listings. We are seeing stuff age out, expire, withdrawn. Folks, this is the housing market in three tiers. We have 970,000 active listings. I shared with you about a month ago that there's roughly speaking 200,000 available luxury units. If you were just going to look at luxury, days on market has to be over 100 days. I would argue that half of those luxury listings are fake. They are not real. They are wish pricing. So this 970,000 sub, we have less than 1 million active listings for a country with 330 million people. That is not good. That is not normal. And again, I believe we will be in a environment where there are consistent 100K price cuts in luxury. The move up market is still frozen until rates get to 4.5% or time goes on. And I think time will go on. I do not see 4.5% interest rate. And then there's first time home buyer markets. The first time home buyer market is roughly speaking on fire compared to December. You can't argue it. We have offers, showings, all of that. We have listings that were on the market for 60 days with nothing go into contract. We are seeing the marginal buyer return. What is a marginal buyer? A marginal buyer is somebody who gets a no answer at seven and a half percent, but gets a yes answer at five and a half percent. Demand is one of these tricky things for economists to look at because there are two steps. You have to want it and you have to qualify. When rates got to 7.3%, we lost a lot of qualified people and the psychology broke and people got afraid. It's clearly turning around. It is shocking to me to see how fast the consumer changes. Six months ago, the consumer was saying, shoot, I missed it. I didn't get 3%. I didn't get 4%. I'll wait. Now it appears, at least at the first time home buyer market, they're saying, I'll take five and a half because it's not seven and a half. And if you do that in a market where there is so little inventory, I think you're going to see a clear divergent that you and I have talked about. Luxury is ice cold. First time home buyer is hot or fast or whatever analogy you would like to look at. Other things we can talk about, median home price for December. December median home price was 366. Again, up here we talked about 2022 being 386. 386 is the year. 366 is the month. Hopefully that makes sense. Available inventory, again, I've said is 970,000. That is down 13% month on month. First time home buyers in the month of December made up 
31%, that is up from 28. All cash buyers went to 28%, that was up from 26. And then finally, the area of the country that suffered the most was the West. The West was down 43.8% transactions. Wow, that's about half, roughly speaking. Wow, that's crazy. And then let's finally talk about tech layoffs. We've talked about tech layoffs. You and I have talked about a white collar recession, which I feel good about calling and called early. But what is one of the side effects of tech layoffs? The unfortunate side effect of tech layoffs, stock prices could go up. Dare I say, will go up. For example, Meta lays off people, stock goes up. Google lays off people, stock goes up. What these companies are doing is taking a scalpel to their operational budget or headcount or overhead, and that will trickle down to the bottom line. So one of the side effects is if you could find the company that will lay off next, you could get ahead of the uh, stock run. It's just how it works. It's, it's one of those, if you want to manipulate a stock price, lay people off. It's just how it works. So at the end of the day, uh, again, let me wish my Asian community Happy New Year. Olivia, Happy New Year. Teresa, Happy New Year. I will try it one more time. This is embarrassing, but I will try it. Xin Li Kwai La. All right, everybody, take care of yourself. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.